Hello everyone, welcome back to Tisvan Raja, the media team at Exim, which over the last couple of weeks has been just more than the media team, it's been the devs and customer services, but we all come to this platform to just have a chat about whatever is on our minds. Uh, so today we are, we have guests. We have, uh, well, I'll let them introduce themselves because yeah, I'm feeling lazy today. So guests, introduce yourselves. I'll start first. Hi, I'm Nyele D, and I am founder of Hashtag Bossgirl. I work a full-time job. I have Hashtag Bossgirl as a second full-time job. And uh, life is amazing. We have two jobs. I'm back. <laughs> Okay, is is that my cue? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. My name is Riboningo Crystal. I, I I am Tonga. I'm from South Africa, and I am the social media manager for Boss Girl hashtag Boss Girl, and I do other social media work. I'm a communicator, and yeah, that's that's my jam. This is your cue, Shami. Like, mm. you missed your whole cue, man. Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm Shami. Is that it? <laughs> Seriously? That's, that's my standard intro, bro. You know this. So, yeah. Oh, and I'm back because I know I've missed a couple of episodes. Oh, yeah, because you're too uh, busy. Yeah. Too busy to deal with the rest of us. It's okay. Yeah, Valentine doesn't pay me enough yeah. to be on yeah. every episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'm Shami. Oh, and, and I'm Ed. I, I just videos <laughs> and sometimes some cool stuff. But yeah, that's just me. <laughs> awesome. And I'm your host with the least, Valentine, uh, editor, writer, aspiring podcaster. Um, soon to adopt a couple of kittens, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so our guests are from hashtag Bosco. So um, Yeleti and Ruby. Can you just describe in parts like what hashtag Bosco is about, what it does, you know, what you've been up to? Should I go first? Yes, yes, please. Um, okay, so uh, okay. can I answer what we're about? Then you go do what we're currently doing now. I'm going to go. Okay, cool. So uh, what we're... The idea for Hashtag Bosco actually started off as a TV show. Um, the aim was to have an all-female production covering and highlighting females, um, specifically Black females in South Africa, then to duplicate that format all over. The, the continent. So the idea was just um, to celebrate Black women doing amazing things because the African narrative everywhere when you speak women, it's, oh, she's pretty and oh my word, she's got 10 kids and she lives at home and she spills. And I was just like, there's so much more to us in our story than that. And when Channel in South Africa rejected the, 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 um, pitch 
I then decided to wallow for about two years before I picked it up and I was like, I'm gonna take the same concept, but live specifically on Instagram. So literally all I've done is take that concept of celebrating young black women doing extraordinary things within the African continent and just putting it on Instagram. So we are about celebrating black women. We are unashamedly pro-black women. Not that we don't love and support other kinds of women. We just feel like we've been quiet for so long that there has to be a platform for that um, within the African continent because a lot of the platforms I was following were not African and the advice was amazing, but I couldn't relate. So I was just like, hey, let's create that same thing that I love about those platforms here in Africa for people to be able to relate, not just to the content, but to the stories of us. 100%. Um, so in trying to uh, action or yeah, action exactly what she said, our aim is what we do is hold interviews. Um, we do on live Instagram. We write articles on women who are doing amazing things. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something like go to space or, uh, you know, something major like that. It's just an everyday woman who is trying to make her life better and who is um, aiming to achieve something in her life. So we'll write articles about them. And most recently, we've introduced the Africa Roundtable, which I think is what will really stretch our reach just out of South Africa or Italy, even of Johannes in order it was really bad <laughs> because I, I mm -hmm. hate social media. Um, <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> I hate it. I hate Facebook. I hate Twitter. I hate Instagram. I mm -hmm. hate it. And when when I picked up, when last year, 2020, in the beginning of the year, um, when my heart uh, and I could hear the the voice getting up, I know it's the third time we gotta do it again. I was just like, okay, I need a different approach because clearly the one I had to begin with sucks. So I need a different approach. And I thought to myself, what so um she leads Africa. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They've got one, I think one of the best uh blogs on African women or but specifically their reach was with um African women, but like just their content was so amazing. And one of the women wrote an article about starting a business and knowing your weak point. And in there, she wrote a list about the things that she hates doing, that when she started the business, she asked other people. Because putting in the money um, made business more seriously. So I figured, what is it that I hate? Social media? And I'm like, okay, cool, I hate that. What do I need to do? 
get someone to run that specific aspect that I don't live with. I don't, I like engaging people on social media, but it was just exhausting. So then um, I called the woman up and I said, hey, what are your charges? This is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And I saw the reach for me personally has grown by a thousand percent from where we started. And I just think it's because coming up with the content is amazing, but uh, engaging people also needs to happen. So the reach from June last to, I'm going to say, uh, December has been absolutely amazing for me because I noticed every single time we have a live Instagram interview with someone, we always get um, 10 followers. And every time we do something that requires a lot of active engagement, there's a lot of followers. And now, instead of having people just like and share, we are creating from this year, I've started to notice, especially beginning of Jan, when we started to convert likes into conversation. So um, I personally think it has been great. Um, yeah, like I, it, it has been amazing. I don't, I, I really didn't expect it, especially because we're so new and our content isn't necessarily varied from a lot of other contexts. But mm -hmm. I feel like our growth projection has been quite amazing so far. That's awesome. So I'm just interested in knowing, like, how long has been has hashtag Bosco been running? Um, how long have you guys been doing your thing? <laughs> That's a tricky question. The, so it's the concept has been running um, almost seven years. Um, the idea, and then. Online, I, I started the, I, I did like the, the page and everything for, I think, five years ago. But when it actually started running, like an actual thing, an, an, an actual concept, an actual um, idea, it has been a year in May. I don't know if that answers. Oh, that's all right. That's interesting. And how has how has the journey been? Um, trying to you know get as many people engaging with the platform as possible. Just trying to get the visibility. Just trying to get things out there. You know, get the fans. Um, I would say, uh, just from my observation, that it's been really um organic. What I've not just about people, just the communicator and working on the means that people are always um, willing to talk about themselves, really. So you'll have, you'll put out there or you'll contact someone like, hey, I love your work. I, I'm inspired by what you're doing for the community or just in your career. And they'll be really happy to share um, 
information on what it is that they're doing. And so other people are like, oh, wow, I didn't even know that maybe a cup like this exists so that there are so many women in this um, particular field. And that is what we want for conversation. So I think it's been extremely organic, which is which I feel is just the way to go because then um, we've had really big names um, uh, Professor Mamukheti Pakeng, um, who is a very popular and well-educated woman in South Africa. And just women like that giving us a chance and sharing our platform, sharing the information that they know and the things that through with us. I mean, that has given us more reach. So even bigger names or people that we aspire to like one day are noticing your work. It's just a little thing, a little thing. Make sure you approach the right people, you share the stories in, in a certain way. Um, yeah, it's been organic, it's been inspiring, and it's been, I think, I don't know if you want to add to that, Nia Lady. Um, yeah, it's heavy. So, um, it has been amazing, and I think uh, the one thing uh, and I argue the most about is my uh, control freakness because uh, I, I don't like not knowing. So giving someone control of something and watching it from a distance has been such a big adjustment for me. But I've resolved this year I'm going to say it on a public platform that I will not interfere with uh, a lot of the, <laughs> the, the the admin of the social media because it's, I think for me viewing it as a, as a viewer, I, I like to see the content, but having someone request to follow me or send me a DM to say, man, I saw this on your page, this is so amazing. I'm inspired or thank you, I was going through this and this is what happened. Or even friends and family who text me and say, wow, like I didn't get the, the initial vision a year ago, but now I see where you've got it, I see the vision, like amazing. And I like um, what Krista already said about um, organic growth. There was never a time where we needed to boost uh, content because I used to do that when I was running it by myself. And I would get the likes and whatever. Like I said, now we're sparking conversation. So people are now talking, and they're not just talking on our page. They're saying to other content creators, hey, have you seen this page? Collaborate with them. So I think that for me is, is, is beautiful to see because I know a lot of people who start things, especially on social media, might not necessarily be on this type of growth trajectory as we are so far. Wow, yeah, that's interesting, and especially like the whole concept that it's it's a it's organic uh, because social media is just hard, eh? Like uh, because I'm all like I said, I do videos, so you know, trying to promote the YouTube channel to get the views that you want, to get the engagement that you want on each video. Ah, it's it's a tall order. You never know what people will 
uh, resonate with and what people will not like uh, because you know the, there's that aspect of no response so you don't have any mm. feedback of man am i doing a good job or not um, mm. so yeah it's three really great that, that you've managed to scale organically and that there's potential and i think when we started if you mentioned that the journalists all black uh, crew and all black and all yeah. black women and all black women uh, show um, did you ever then try and make that happen as a TV show or you just started off sticking social media so, so um, the to say channel I've got traction I've got followers I've got people who Using a thousand viewers on TV. That was the, that's why I started that way to say, look, I've got traction, and it's not it's not a stupid concept. It's like it's a good concept. It's great. In, in building it, I realized, you know what? Um, I don't need channels to push the way I would want it to be pushed. Obviously, channel will be amazing because then it comes to search search. But especially when you started the, the Africa Roundtable, channel would have panicked to say, oh my word, you're deviating from the original plan, what's going to happen? But because the content lives online, I can still keep the original version of hashtag gospel, but bring in a different version of it onto the same platform and have them both live simultaneously online without necessarily clashing with each other, without having a producer or a community editor to say to me, oh, shucks, we can't do that, or we need to take one out in order for the other one to work. So that was the original aim, but now the aim is, you know, I, just, um, I still want to produce it as an old black female um, casting crew. That is one of the long-term visions, and hopefully the way it'll work is it'll live online. So um, YouTube or a streaming network doesn't necessarily matter. The business way. it's just now keeping things different for when it originally. So so far you're focusing um, on. South African inspirational people. You haven't expanded yet, right, into other regions? So that's what uh, the Africa Roundtable is about, expanding, oh, awesome. to, to, expanding to other countries. Mm -hmm. uh, so for now, like for now we, I'm, I'm not trying to be overly ambitious by taking on too much. Yeah. So. Uh, we would say when we did organic growth with the, our clientele or my, maybe my viewership to collaborate um, across the continent instead of having hair bottles and argument. 
somebody like Sweet Africa and say, this is what you bring to the table. This is what you bring to the table. Let's collaborate and share um, content of leadership or whatever. So for now, the aim is just to grow steadily. Uh, because mm-hmm. even in South Africa, I think we haven't reached our potential. So I don't want to go out too quickly and then burn myself out. So the aim is to, uh, as Rwodinga says, grow organically. And sometimes yeah. the aim is slower than what I imagine or anticipate. Okay. So with with the whole pandemic and everything, with COVID-19, um, how has that affected everything? I know, uh, Bosco, it's mostly online, right? Um, yeah. But did it affect um, progress in any way? Did it improve progress? Because that's possible as well. I, I think that it definitely improved um, progress. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was on their phones. Everybody was, you know, looking for content of any kind. So I think that's when we really grew the most and when a lot more people were available to actually um, collaborate with us and share their stories. So it was a lot easier back then. Uh, well, during from like lockdown level five for us um, here in SA, I think that was around March um, it was a really good time for people, for creators and creators, because then we were all forced to find something to do. And the viewership was there. You know, people were had the time to be watching stuff and, and so forth. And we all just needed something to make us forget about the disastrous situation that the whole world found itself. <laughs> so I think it also shined a really positive light on people um, on women to know that, hey, even though we're all going through a lot right now, there's still so many remarkable things and stories out there that they can reach. And that is what our platform gave to them. So progress was, was really um, great, you know, during hard lockdown. And even now, I think, because um, we're not completely out of the red zone <laughs> so people are still there watching and following and we're growing yeah okay that's interesting so something that stood out that you mentioned is that um, more people were sharing their stories um i'm guessing young women uh I, i'm wondering did they bring up in terms of opportunities during this time like, what did they mention? Did they bring anything to your attention about the possible opportunities for youth during this time that we can actually take advantage of, you know, instead of looking at the negative side of things, because there's a lot of negatives, obviously. But did they speak on anything where you were like, that's actually a possible opportunity? Um, so... For a lot of the stories, when were, when we started uh, growing up, it was growing up. <laughs> when we started doing uh, the lockdown, it was a, a lot about because um, we had seen them. So there was a lot of stories about careers that people didn't necessarily know or things that people could do with specific careers. So mm-hmm. within that. Um, I think a lot of the stories that came out 
were people who started businesses during the lockdown. Um, I think there was a, a lady who started um, Shut, now it escapes me, but um, it was it was either one of the comments or one of the, the lives that we did, and it was just about how they started their business um, during lockdown, and someone else was about how they started their business um, out of sheer frustration because of where they were at that specific time. So a lot of the conversations last year were not necessarily about um, things that they were currently doing. Some of it was people changing careers, um, learning how to pivot during a pandemic. But um, again, I speak of the Africa Roundtable that we started. That is where I think a lot of the solutions for Africa will come from because um, our first one that we had was about other activism. And the whole point was just about how women get involved in activism and why it's important and why it's important to hear the voices of females in storytelling or in history books for the African continent. So we've noted that specific part about the fact that we do talk a lot about, we, we do do a lot of complaining and I want to say it's like a black thing, but it's like the people thing and that's why we've created um, that specific platform to come up with solutions. So, yeah, in a week, yeah, I'm gonna stop before I wrap I just want to add that I think just the platform itself was a big solution for a lot of people because uh, our viewers would see someone like she, like Nyeleti mentioned, start a new business mm -hmm. during lockdown and be like, what? I have an idea and then start it or change careers or yeah. be, even mm -hmm. though times like were really tough, be encouraged to still apply for a certain job that they saw on the internet and so forth. So I think the biggest mm -hmm. solution was mm -hmm. seeing other women really do it. And then that encouraging and inspiring the women that follow the page to also go for their dreams. Okay, so um, Ed and Valentine, do you guys want to do a, a boss boy? So, so are, how are you navigating the financial aspect of of like hashtag boss girl? Uh, do you have any plans to monetize it, or is are there any monetization methods in place? Uh, especially considering that it's on social media, and again, not very, not a very easy place to monetize. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell people a, a very, very big secret. It has been relatively cheap for me to start up as <laughs> Bustle. One, because I stay at home. Uh, two, I don't have a lot of expenses. So I can put in the extra amount here and there should a situation require it and three one is the only one the one is the only one who gets paid because um, it is what it is so for the club for now the expenses of running hashtag Bosco is literally crystal 
because I need to make sure that I have a job so that I can pay her so that things can work. And that for me is a, is, is a motivator to keep working even on days when I don't feel like it because I live my need that I couldn't be spending at the cinema, that I'm not because of trying to fill the dream. So for the current time, our current climate, we don't have a lot of incentives. Um, but we are sort of trying to get people to partner with us. We've had a few inquiries about people trying to advertise their businesses on our page. So that is also a revenue stream I, would, I didn't think of until someone approached me to say, hey, can I? How would it work? How much would you charge? For how long? Everything. Then I had to think about all the mechanics behind that. Um, I wonder if would know a bit more about that because she handles the page um, on a daily basis. So she had the know-how on how to do it. So that's an avenue we're looking into. But there are other avenues in terms of uh, paid advertising for our content in terms of partnering up with other people that is in the pipeline um, long term. But I think for now, what I want to make sure that we do is build the viewer bases so that when I go to a sponsor or somebody, I can say, hey, you've got so many followers. And these followers result in so, many, in so much engagement, which means da 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 da, and all those things, and pay us to do something, and yes, people will come to you because you're partnered with us. That's the long term goal, but for now, I just want shareholders about the business to think of anything with us. Don't do that. Interesting. Oh, it's All right. And an entry. Oh, you've been too quiet. No, I've been listening. You've, you've left us in the shade here. You, you, <laughs> you're in the spotlight. No, it's all right, Ed. You can but go yeah, go on. It's all right, Ed. I'll be polite today and I'll let you go. <laughs> oh, me? Oh, okay. Well, um, probably my last one, hopefully. Uh, but there's always an interesting story behind um, a brand name and how it starts. So yeah, I was just curious to find out what was the idea behind your, your brand name, hashtag boss girl, like uh, how did you, what was the thought process behind it? What happened? <laughs> um, it's actually, um, it, okay. So this is going to be a bit of a long story. Vale, you're not allowed to interject, even if I say things out of context. So, Varsity, um, a friend of mine, uh, <laughs> complained about, um, like, I would, I'm, I'm a pretty big tomboy in, in, in many ways, and I didn't relate well to women. It was just, it was so aggravating for me because I felt like I surrounded myself or the women I knew who people were saying I could be friends with were all like dolled up with weeds and makeup and all those things. And that's just really not my scene. So in varsity, uh, one of my uh, oldest friends, she said to me, Nileti, 
you really need to get them going. And I was like, oh, I'm cool. I got you as the only one. I don't need others. And I then I ended up dating this guy. I hope he doesn't get to see this. But then he was like very... <laughs> No, no, like really, I really hope you don't. So this is the wrong word, but he was just really when we were, before when we were friends, he was okay with the fact that I had a lot of guy friends, and then started dating. All of a sudden, was a big thing. But the transition for me really came at the during the, my last year in varsity, and I was like, man, I really need to learn how to relate to women in a way that's not oh my word, where'd you get your weave kind of conversation. So then I started my journey to seeing how I used to do with girls and other things, and it wasn't very helpful. So then I thought to myself, huh, what if there was a tribe of other Black women or just women who struggled with what I'm struggling with in terms of relating to women that helped me relate to women and I could help them maybe relate to their male friends or brothers or whatever, but a place where we could share our information. It would just be such a boss situation. So the or then um it was just boss. Like that's how that particular part came in. And then my my first boss um who I worked with then I when I came out of varsity, he used to call me a boss girl because he used to say in relation I don't see you working for people for very long. You just, you can't, you can't, you don't have that thing where you can tolerate people for a specific amount of time. So just be a boss girl. Then I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll be really cool and I'll just do, I'll be a hashtag boss girl. That is how the full name came about. So the boss part came in varsity and then my first boss, then started calling me a boss girl and I wanted to be cool. So then I was like, well, all these hashtags are just in right now. So I'll call it hashtag boss girl. And then I will have my tribe of women who will teach me how to relate to them. And then da da da, da here we are. The end. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I was going to interject a couple of times there, but I was like, no, let me hold my I hope you could hear me clapping. That's a very... Yeah, so... Right, so... so that. To, to, the, to the topic at hand, um, which I was going to surprise both of you with, um, well, it's kind of to do with hashtag Bosco. Um, the pandemic has kind of sort of made it difficult for young people especially to find opportunities and you guys found an opportunity online to spread the goodwill of don't give up so it can be either in the stories of the people that you've interacted with or it can be you know in opportunities you found yourselves besides hashtag Bosco or just opportunities in general for people out there or young people out there because now the world's online so what have you seen uh, from a from an essay standpoint um, and then, you know, the people who live in Zimbabwe, me and Ed, will give you the Zimbabwean standpoint. No one knows where Shemitah lives, so we'll leave her out of this one. Um, so the opportunities and, you know, um, 
innovations that have happened during COVID, be it online, elsewhere, and how young people have adapted uh, to this quote-unquote new normal. Um, okay, I'll go So I think it, it has just been, I think the pandemic has taught us to rethink um, working for the man. I say that because a lot of the time we rely on having a job that's steady and going to work every day, getting a salary and being happy to and when the pandemic hit, it was just a lot of retrenchments and a lot of gaining um, back. And there was just a lot of uncertainty, even on people with people who, who work. Um, I'm going to speak from a media perspective because a lot of production houses shut down in SA because all of a sudden, SABC doesn't have money to commission shows. Multi choice doesn't have money to commission shows, and those are the places you run to. And I saw a lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues starting YouTube channels, starting um, podcasts, uh, start blogging, you know, these things because they were too afraid to do it uh, when they had big jobs. And then all of a sudden, they got retained or they were told, please wait for two months, let's see what happens with the pandemic, and then we will pick up again. And I just think it has changed the way we can imagine the world we live in. And that, I think, is such a beautiful thing because for so many of us, we were so afraid to try because we didn't want to. It's okay, didn't want to upset the boss. And that became a thing that we could not be afraid of in 2020. And then I think, honestly, there were just so many businesses that came up that I didn't even know could be that people were doing online. I mean, there were people who were consulting for IT on, on online. And so after that's not something to do because we're so new to that mentality that if things need to happen, I need to see someone here. And there were a lot of production houses that were turning into online spaces where an editor can work from home and remotely and all those things, which is something that was shunned upon back in the day because we so we went to micromanage people. And I personally feel like the thing that the upstream landscape, the pandemic taught a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, a lot of business, even a lot of managers to be able to trust the people they work with. Because a lot of the time, we don't, we don't trust them. We want to micromanage them. And we forget that we hire them for this purpose. So I think it was a thing. Uh, whether or not this kind of attitude has outlived the pandemic or something else. But I've, I've seen the change in young South Africans. I've seen the change even in South Africans who are in, who are studying to say we need to change our education system to teach people from primary level, even like pre-primary level about entrepreneurship. Because if we teach them 
to be employed their whole life. You never have a crash. And I think that is the biggest takeaway from what I saw in that world. Yeah, well, we, we kind of. Absolutely. Kind of, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I, us having to be at home um, really forced a lot of people to open up their minds and to just be a lot more courageous um, and, and to just go for things that they never even thought they'd uh, excel in. Like Nileti said, so many people started businesses and these are businesses that they could run and manage from home. Um, at some point, you couldn't even tell who it was that uh, got a full-time job and who doesn't because that was really no longer anybody's focus, really. People were just focused on other things that would take their minds off of their real lives and just having that freedom to working from home and having the time to be trying out something new. I think a lot of people just created opportunities for themselves, to be honest, and through social media, um, for the most part, yeah, it was mostly through social media, entering competitions, from entering to competitions to really starting to manage uh, other people's pages or, yeah, it, it was just an interesting time, like right in the middle of disaster, so many really good things came up and out of that, I think, and people just chose and made the decision to, to do that for themselves. Yeah, I think you guys are echoing pretty much what our experience has been um, because for the last two episodes or so, mm -hmm. we have been talking about, you know, the skills required in, in this new normal and our university and education system, I think in Zimbabwe as well, is grossly unprepared or has been unprepared for, for decades to get people um, to where they can be self-sufficient, where they can be resourceful. Um, we're taught, like Nyeledi said, to be employees. We're not taught to be thinkers. Mm -hmm. So th that's the biggest issue that we've been trying to address for the last couple of episodes to say, listen, a degree is fine and all, um, but if you enter the workspace without having that practical knowledge, that grit, that, you know what, I'm going to try to break down problems into the elements or components, you're not going to thrive in this normal because now you, your back's against the wall and you have to learn in real time with real consequences instead of you being in an organization that gives you a safety net and you know first try and second try and stuff like that so mm. when your lady was talking about it was actually hit, hit home with me it's like from primary school you have to start teaching these kids from primary school that you know it's you against the world basically you know um mm. you have to know what you need to do when you need to do it and it's like the whole concept of you need to know is kind of wrong as well i think you will always be figuring out life so you can't ever be satisfied with wherever you are. Mm -hmm. And then I think that foundation going into like university and then teaching, oh, actually secondary school and not wasting time, you know, trying to force kids into these wide defined blocks of subjects, try to identify their affinities and let them work on that instead of trying to make them a generalist because, you know, a generalist is good in certain senses. Like everybody needs to know how to use Photoshop and, you know, uh, edit videos, edit photos, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's great. Um, but certain subjects that people don't take to like maths and all that kind of stuff, if they don't want to do it early on for whatever reason, if they're not good at it, try to refocus their attention or try to find what they're good at and then teach them practical skills like, you know, taxes, you know, who wants to learn about taxes when they're, when they're, you know, facing the, 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 the what's it called, the tax day. 
how to file your taxes and stuff like that. It's really silly. It's, it's crazy we don't learn about that stuff now. And some people who are starting their own businesses now and their own opportunities now are learning that stuff now. And I'm like, this isn't a fault of the education system. So yeah, it's it's it, it's baffling. And again, this is why I brought the question of opportunities because I think most of those opportunities are, some people are not seeing them, I think myself included, is because of the narrow scope with which I and some other people see the world. So we've been trained to see this little slit that we've got this one chance in life to do the one thing when in fact you can be whatever you want to be whenever you want to be it it just takes your time and risk and at all um because you know if someone asks if so if you ask me what would i what would i be doing in 2020 i told you probably working in a hospital but here i am working at a media company you're not ever you're not ever limited to that and that sense of wonderment should always 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 be there so this is why i think that Hashtag Boss Girl is a good platform to, to open people's eyes to like, yo, guys, listen, you can honestly be what you want to be. It's just going to take some work, like a, a lot of work and a lot of heartache. But if you really, really, really want it, uh, yeah, nothing's going to stop you. Uh, and Yelete at this point would have said, this is what Valentine does. He goes at length about stuff and I want to hand over the <laughs> mic. <laughs> <laughs> We're not complaining. It's fine. Well, Shamis always complains. Uh, so, and Ed complains. I don't know why he's quiet today, but it's all right. Oh, I had my fair share today. <laughs> <laughs> so I am not complaining. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, um, also, like, adding on to that, I mean, it's something that I observed when I was editing a little bit that we do with Nyalet. Uh, is a full-time job school as like I do that this time same thing and somehow it works out. Um sorry I didn't get your question. Okay I'm gonna so that you wouldn't okay how did I manage job um do hash possible and start on in, in the same year and see him come through for me in in moments where I had not and taking the one who had such a big hug because she's taken a lot of the faith and weight Helped me stay a little bit anonymous and a little bit in the background. This is the most talking I've done since I started hashtag Boswell, honestly speaking. I don't like it much. I'm just glad that she sort of found that
that have been really, 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 really helped. But honestly, I didn't see hashtag fossil growing as fast as this last year. That's why I jumped into tennis. And yeah, I'm wrong. Because it was a lot of this is the, my final year of honors. So let's see what craziness this year brings. And then um, I might have a different story to tell you. I don't know, Adrian. It is what it is. Yeah, nice, nice. Because I'm like looking at your list and I'm like, mine is all two out of those because your time, job, and school. And yeah, like I'm one of those guys that do last minute reading. Um, I think every single time now because yeah, like I can't I can't manage the time. But hey, that's why that's why you think you're a hashtag boss girl because you can works make book. Um, do you have anything cooking that your audience would be excited to know? more content more content more relatable guests more africa more of africa the africa round table the work to grow the page so that it is convincing <laughs> to these people mm. yeah a lot more of that and hopefully great into division i think it would be great reality you think Definitely, the Africa Roundtable, I'm really, really excited about that. Um, I was an honorary in and then um, became an honorary So I think that is why from the Africa Roundtable tree, for all my friends who are in the knowledge about this country, who share um, funny stories about how it's my place to say, to say, hey, I honor what you told me, and I honor how our friendship has made me change the way I see not myself but the world around.